I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. You f***ing irritate the shit out of me! I'm only going to get this one chance. It's just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen, but I don't know what. All I hear, go get the money. So I go get it. Hate means I do something. Hey, what's going on, peeps? What is up? You know what time it is. It is time for another Gap Sell Keenan. And so I'm excited about this. For those of you who do not know, Gap Selling Keenan is where a real salesperson with a real product or service tries to sell me on their product or service. And if they can find a problem, if they can find a problem, I will buy. If they can find a problem for me or my organization, I will buy. We've actually had two people who have bought already, or we've bought from already. So we're going to see if the next person up, Frank, oh, I'm going to butcher this, Moy Arana, I'm going to bring him in here. Frank Moyarana, my my wait, Moyarana, Moyarana. How do you say Moyarana? Moyarana, Moyarana, Moyarana. Oh, I butchered it. Sorry, but that was one of the toughest ones I've seen yet. So my bad. I get it. I get it all the time, man. So welcome, my man. So you Thank feel you. you're ready to make this happen? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. All right, all, all right. right. I got some. All right, so. I'll just go. I'll go from there. So, name. All right, Frank, let me give you one minute to tell everybody sort of what you sell, sort of context for the folks watching sure. what you sell. You know, at least so people know it's you know what you do, and then we can go from there. Yeah, awesome. Um, so thanks, Keenan. Uh, name's Frank Majorana. Work for a company called Paylocity. Uh, what we do is we're a cloud-based HR and payroll software company. Uh, we provide modern workforce solutions to organizations around um, engagement, communication, collaboration. Work from anywhere, which is important now, obviously, and really, and learning and development. And really, what we try to do is we help drive engagement amongst employees. That driven engagement helps drive productivity, which is great for great for companies. Um, we are the highest ranked G two crowd um, within our industry uh, as a as a vendor in this in this HCM world. And uh, really, at the end of the day, all we do is we help organizations really take care of the most valuable asset they have, and that's their people. So. Looking forward to talking to you about your people, really, you, your organization, where you're going. And um, I don't know whether we will be a fit or not. We may or may not, but uh, look forward to finding out. So thanks, All right, All right baby. It's all Hello. yours. I got the screen up here to see people's engagement. And no. uh, you go, brother. You make it happen. Yeah, so Keenan, so the one question I wanted to ask you when I was kind of preparing for this, um, in your book, you, you talk a good bit about – uh, you know, you started a blog, that blog kind of led to your your company, right? Yep. I, but I never heard this question asked in any of the previous interviews or I couldn't find anywhere. Why did you start blogging? <laughs> so the short answer, well, the short answer is my career went really, really fast. So I didn't start my career until I was 27. Um, and back then that was 1996, I believe. That's about right, 96. Yep. Um, beginning of 96. And so, um, uh, and then, so I started slinging chamber memberships to small, medium sized businesses in Denver for like, you know, 175 up to a thousand bucks. And then a couple you could sell for like up to 10 grand for the most, most, for the most part, it was like a $500 sale. Um, and so I, I did that for one year, broke all the sales records. And so, uh, it consulting firm, I sold them a $2,500 membership. And then I told them I wanted to work for them. And this was in 97. Okay. And 
Um, so I convinced them, which is a funny story, I'll tell another day, to hire me, even though I only had one year's of sales experience. And then so I worked for them for three years and went from a kid who had only sold chamber memberships to a partner at the firm, one of the top producing reps, um, you know, and had done really well there. And so then a, one of my customers from that place then turned around and took me and made me vice president of sales. And I was responsible for $325 million in revenue yep. and 175, 125 people nationwide. So this is pre-LinkedIn, yep. right? And so when that ended, because they sold managed modems and broadband came out, look, don't worry about it. The just industry passed them. Yep. It took me forever to stay at that level. As a matter of fact, I didn't. I got another VP job. But it was much, much smaller. And so after a few years of- That was of, at Wire, right? No, that was at um, uh, Intrato. Okay. <clears throat> Intrato. Okay. So after you know doing that, um, I ended, ended up at a Wire, et cetera, but it took so long to get a job every time I wanted a new job because I didn't want to go backwards. But they kept saying, look, you've got four years experience and you've ran 125 million down now. And it was resumes. Remember, it was yep. resumes back then. Yep. There was no brand. Yep. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to blog every single day about how you run sales organizations, what to avoid with sales organizations, how to set up processes, et cetera. And the thought was that I could get a couple hundred followers, maybe a thousand followers. And then if I ever needed a job, all I had to do was go to the Right. and say, hey, I'm looking for a new gig and to be a thousand people who love my shit and say he's smart and they give me a job. That was the yep. logic. So so you start doing that and it, and it explodes, right? So how do you go from that to saying, hell, like I can make I, I, I can make me the product and I can make me the organization. So how did how did that happen? People started reaching out and saying, I read this article. Do you do consulting or can you help me with this? And I remember my very first client and um, Anna Tellerico, what's up, Hannah? And she had a, a sales manager she wanted help with. And so um, I was at another gig and I asked my boss if I could do it. And he said, no. I was like, what? And so I said, so I couldn't do it. And then like, I don't know, two months later, maybe we got bought by a bigger company and they let all of the North American people go. And at the time I was VP of sales strategy and operations. Yep. So I was like, I got a choice. Spend six, eight months trying to find another job and stay at that level, which it always took me. Yep. Or spend the six to eight months trying to build the consulting practice. So I called Anna back and said, I'll take it. And then I threw out a number and I was like, whoa, that was easy. And so then another person hit me up and I got some luck and another person hit me up and it just took off. That's all. If you don't mind, I want to interject just a personal story real quick because I love I love finding out origins of, of businesses. So my uh so my wife owns her own consulting business, well, like you, but in advance. But my my uh, father owned a small heating and air conditioning business growing up. And I love his story because it sounds a little bit like yours. So he had a, one of his, uh, his mentor was was treated poorly. So let's say not getting into it, but treated poorly by, by a company he was working with. He was an HVAC technician. He was their head technician. So my father walks in the office and says, hey, listen, you've treated this, you know, treated my friend poorly. What you did was wrong. If he's, if he's gone, then I'm gone. Ooh. And there were two, there were two partners there. Value. So, so, well done. So, and this is back in, dude, this is back in the sixties. Right. So, so the one guy who knew my father was like, Hey, listen, we got to keep John. Like John's the leader of this division, just probably blah, blah, we got to keep him. The other one was like, ah, screw it. Right. So he, so he, so they decided to let the guy leave. So my father walked out the door, he walks home, walks into my, walks into my, my house. Obviously I'm nowhere. I'm not even a thought at this time. My older brothers, but she was, he was, uh, had one brother that was born and the other one, my mom was pregnant with the other one. And, and he's like, it's home. He's like, I quit my job. 
She goes, what the hell are you going to do? He goes, I got a truck. <laughs> I got tools. <laughs> He's like, let's start making flyers. So I, so I, I just tell that story because I love origin stories. Because when you, when, when you come to a point in which you're forced to do something or you have to make something happen, that's when great things happen. <laughs> so, so you started to, um, so you started to find some traction, right? When did you start figuring out, all right, you know, I want to start going further out, more books, start bringing on staff. Cause like when you're doing it yourself, that's right. That's a lot of comfort. There's no overhead, right? When when did you decide to start branching out and getting bigger? Uh, it was it was a slow roll, um, but I think the first employee was an assistant in like 2000. Oh boy, uh, 14 or 13, maybe 2000. So I started the business in March of 2011. Oh hey, we're almost 10 years old. Woohoo! All right, we're almost yeah. 10 years old. Started March of 2011. Um, I, I think I brought on an assistant probably. 2013 maybe uh and then i brought on a salesperson maybe around 2014 maybe then i brought in a whole division of people for the recruiting part of it in 2015 i could be off a year or so here but right around mm -hmm. there we had as many as seven people then uh we got pounded still haven't figured out why and uh so slipped back scaled down the recruiting business and then built back up in i don't know 17 18 19 or 18 19 20 or something like that yeah so I, I know you guys. You guys had a really. Based on this is all based on your your previous calls. You guys had a really good year in 2019. Yeah. And then and then then you took a you know, a gut you know gut shot like we all did in 2000. Yeah, we came back. We actually surpassed 19, not by much, but surpassed 19 in 2020. In what in what part? That's revenue, awesome. Revenue. That's awesome. In, in which in which bucket? In in which bucket of your business? Obviously, mostly, the, mostly training. Mostly training. That's awesome. So, was that because I know you were making investment at the time and bringing on more folks? Was that was that was that why did did you start getting no? More no I think the biggest one is we pivoted to virtual. Okay. And then and then people bought into virtual, and so we were able to. And, and there were still companies who had money or recognized they need to train their people regardless. And and going into 2021, they had to make up for the losses in 2020, and they said well, we better train our salespeople now. And so, um, yeah, so switching to virtual was the big, big thing that helped us stay afloat. Were you, yeah, were you, yeah, 2019. that's awesome. Are you going to keep that? Obviously, when we get back to normal, are you going to keep that, that virtual option? It's not going anywhere. People have a choice. We'll do it virtually or we'll come to in person. I actually got my first in-person uh, call the other day, which was surprising, but not a big crowd. But yes, so it, people are starting to, so we'll offer both. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to change. This has changed sales forever. This, yes. this this pandemic. So all right. So so you have that. So you so you have the virtual element. Are you able to get more trainings in because they're virtual? Because there's less travel. Yes. Yes. Are, absolutely. You, are you able to do more of them then? Yes. Too? Yes. That's awesome. All right. So are you able to charge more than you would normally for the as as opposed to if someone else was doing the training? Um, it's the same price since we've started, whether it's virtual or in person. Same price. I mean, but whether it's you or whether it's somebody else. So right now we have, we just brought on one new trainer. We have four in training right now that I suspect if they can pass, because it's not easy to pass this, we'll have four more trainers um, okay. by the end of the month and by the okay. end of the quarter for sure. And um, and so we'll have five by the end of the quarter. And and I suspect by the end of the year, if you want me personally, it'll be more expensive. But right now it's the same. Okay. So, Keenan, give me, if you don't mind me, give, give me a breakdown of, of your of your trainers, Salesforce, and and back office. So we have uh, 
two back office. Well, yeah, two back office, one salesperson. We made an offer and then changed our mind at the 11th hour. Um, so we're still hiring another salesperson. And then the trainers, all the trainers are going to be 1099. They're actually licensing it. They're licensed trainers. So it'll be their okay. own business. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that in one uh, in a LinkedIn profile from one of your trainers. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was Apprentice, but he was a. It looked like he was an owner of a, of another company. So I, I thought it was something. I thought it was something like that. Yeah. So that's a great question. So with those trainers, so so they're they're purchasing the, the, the basically the franchise from you. A license model. The, 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 license, yeah. the license model. Okay. And then so. It, do do they are they com- committing to you a certain number of training sessions at yes. the end of the year? Okay. Awesome. So as you start to grow, what's the goal going forward? Obviously you kind of had a nice rebound, right? You had a little low, you came back, 2020 didn't kill you, you actually came out stronger. We learned some things virtual. What's the future like for 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 uh for a sales guy? Uh where? Be more specific. I want to be so. Well, so let's let's talk about let's about two parts: training and sales. The sales department of driving that and the training. So I mean, for the company as a whole, I mean, um, it's we have a ten-year goal to get to. Well, I got a number in my head, right? Okay. For a ten-year goal, okay. um, but for this year, I suspect. Well, t- I'd like to have ten. I think we do more than that, but I'm trying to be conservative. Ten active trainers who have licensed this and are out in the field. And like I said, I'll five by the end of Q1. So I don't know why I can't do that, but you know, shit happens, people fail, whatever, but 10 active, well-performing um, licensees trainers in the field. And then probably, I'll, I'll share this with you. Right now we're on the, on the fence of trying to decide how we're gonna do this. Either we're going to build a large BDR team and we're going to send all the leads to the, to the um, training or training partners or we're going to do it in-house and build our own um, sales engine and then just give the leads to the train. I mean, give the, the trainings to the trainers. So we haven't, or a hybrid, we haven't nailed that witch yet. Is that because you're not finding enough traction from someone, people banging on doors, trying to get, trying to get training set up? Like, cause it sounds like most of your business is coming inbound, right? Yes. Right. So, because you, your book's popular. I'm on here because I read your book, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, but um, but are you just not getting the traction you wish you had from those salespeople? Like, um, it's not as much the traction from the salespeople. It's I don't trust. I I, I, I like predictability, believe it or not. And I okay. don't trust, and I find it to be a riskier model to go out and hire more salespeople overhead and hire <laughs> trainers overhead. Do you see what I'm saying? And hope, yeah, those, and hope that those salespeople can keep those trainers busy, right? No, that that makes sense. That, until you, especially in a, my concern, if I was if I was you, and just kind of sharing my opinion is, you're in Denver, you have people all over the country. You need people knocking on doors and being as aggressive and being able to get you and get you into these places. Yeah, and it's very difficult to have that predictability and you need you need people to get in the door right away so i i yes i, I made a conscious it. choice to be organically grown conscious yep. choice so it's not like i have an investor that dropped you know five million dollars and i can go out and hire a sales team of 12 and three of them fail and two are average you know what i'm saying like yep. because organically grown um 
you know, every salesperson that fails, or if we had two or three salespeople, only two make it, that's just, that's dead money, dead yep. money. And, uh, and then if I have a trainer sitting on the sidelines mm -hmm. and they're not, what I keep in them, but that's dead money. I'm not a big yep. fan of creating a lot of dead money. So, um, I think the what we have is our greatest asset is, is besides my big mouth is our, is the gap selling methodology. So it's, I just buy, I think it's a better business model to license it out. Okay. And what about, um, and so do you ever have these, these, cause your trainers, like you're leaning on your trainers pretty heavily, right? You're leaning on these guys and growing to grow the business. Yeah. So, like, get them. so how are you, how are you, how are you vetting who's capable of being a, a, a certified gap selling trainer? It, the, so we have an initial interview, but what really the greatest um, vetting process is the training process. Like it is, it takes about eight weeks to get through, if not longer. Um, okay. you, I mean, you got you to gotta work for it and, and we'll know. Like you have to go through the online, then you have to sit through two virtuals, then you have to sit through a curriculum review, then you actually have to sit through your own um, live one that we recruit people to and then you have to be audited by me and if you fail that you got to do it again then there's an actual test that's three parts right so um including a video analysis review of a sales call so it's no joke and so we'll and know pretty quickly and so so and once they start have you had any trainers who've come on board fall off yet no not yet first one came you, crushed it she's crushed it. it that's awesome that's awesome how are you how are you, as you bring on more people, you're going to have variances in, in ability, right? You're going to have some people who are rock stars, some people aren't. That's awesome that that person is a rock star. How are you, how are you measuring the performance of the trainers? So the, we have a survey. We have a survey tool that every trainer at the end of their training, um, the survey tool goes out to all the people that were in it, and they have to maintain certain goals, and then we're also going to compare them to other trainers. Right. So one of them is a, um, a net promoter score. They have to have a net promoter score over a certain yep. number. Then we have yep. we have a bunch of questions that ask things about the value of the training, which I don't really want to get into. But they have to have certain scores over that. So the people who actually attend are going to be the the, the, the the determiners of the of the trainer. And how is that? And so in this survey tool that you have, just curious, how does it how does it get you these results? Is it just is when it people are done taking the training? We send it right out to them. All right, and then and then it comes back to a homepage, and you have it's digital. Have, it's a great platform. It's, it captures it all. We can slice and dice it. We can do it by by trainer. We can do it overall, so I can see the overall you know training scores yeah. of this. You know, so and so's that. So and so's this. And this year, like, yeah, it's super robust. So here you go. It's been 17, 18 minutes, my man. Yeah. Here's some of the feedback. I still have no idea what problem you're trying to solve, and so I gave so, you a lot no, of time. So go. No, you gave me a lot of time, and and here's and here's what I'm trying to get to and I appreciate it, is your people are the most important part of your business. And I'm trying yeah, to get an understanding yeah. of where you're going with this business. Okay, that's and how much thing. and how important and how important, I'm sorry, Kim, but just real quick, how important your people and the training of your people are. Right now, you have a small group, so you can control a lot of that, a lot of those variables. That's what I was asking about the, the you know, the, the training of, of your trainers. They're going to be the most important part. Your Sales folks, you kind of pivoted away from outside salespeople and, uh, and like in internal outside salespeople. And those are the people that probably, and I'm being completely honest here, would have benefited from our type of tool, from a communication standpoint, from an engagement yeah. standpoint. So but since you're licensed. Hold on, hold on. I, go ahead. I, you got to pay close attention. I pivoted away from AEs 
or I'm on the fence. I said I'm on the fence of pivoting. Okay. I'm not okay. pivoting from BDRs. Like, okay. so you want to be a BDR, call me. So we're going to be generating leads, period. Now, the question we're asking is, how much of those leads do we pass off as we generate them yep. to, our, to our partners versus how many do we send to an AE and that AE closes themselves and either I deliver, right? Yep. Or, or we send the closed lead to a trainer. So we haven't figured out that ratio yet. Because when you do that, does does the does the trainer get a bigger percentage if he closes it? If he receives, oh, absolutely, lead? absolutely. So right now, if the trainer generates himself, they get the biggest one. If we send them a lead, it'll be less, but it'll be more. You know, be more than if we send them the final deal. Yeah. All right. So, so, so with that, with that BDR, are you are you going to? So you're on the fence about growing that? No, Is not the, no, not on the fence of the BDR. Okay? You're not on the fence of the BDR. Okay. Okay. So I'll say you, it one more time. Not on the fence of growing the BDRs. We're going to continue to add BDRs. So we're going to drive leads in outbound and respond to our inbound, right? Yep. The question then becomes, once that BDR gets that lead are we and, and qualifies that opportunity, are we going to then just start sending those to our partners to close mm -hmm. for themselves, right? Or are we going to send them to an in-house AE or set of AEs who will close them for us and either book me and or book those partners a gig that they just get a flat fee for because they didn't have to do anything. They just have to show up. So you need those BDRs. Basically, your biggest thing here is if you want to keep more revenue, you need BDRs that you can trust that once you get the lead can go in and can close it for you. Correct? No. The BDR, no. The BDR yeah, cool. will qualify the opportunity. Okay. Correct. In a traditional environment, they would qualify it for an AE, correct? Correct. In our environment, they can qualify it for one of our independent partners. Which is your which is your trainers, yep. Yes. And so let's just say that Frank is an independent partner. I doing all this outbound calling. I get someone all excited about gap selling training and say, Great, I'm gonna introduce you to Frank. He's one of our trainers. Mm -hmm. I give that lead to you. You have to close it now for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right? You better close it for you now. So if you close it for you, rather than getting whatever our licensing fee on that deal is now, if you've done it on your own, you'll get a lesser uh, payout or, you know what I'm saying? Then mm -hmm. you're closing it on your own, but you'll get more than if we send it to an AE who closed it and mm -hmm. then called you up and said, Frank, I've got a training for you on March 17th and March 18th. Do you want it? What, what would you rather as a, as a, as a CEO and, and owner, like what's, what's, it sounds like you'd rather have the have the AE close it and then be able to give it to you or give it to or give it to one of your trainers. I'm on the fence, as I said before. We're not exactly sure, but if I, if you're gonna push me to sort of tell, I think where I'm leaning is about a 70 30 80 20 um, feeding our partners. Feeding your partners, feeding your partners, and let them let them do the closing. Yeah, and then the other 20 percent would come to me, and I would do it. Um, or we might have one or two in-house trainers that we would do it. I'm not even exactly sure why yet, but because they're probably pretty damn good closers if they went through the training and they and they're able to give you know able to to present the entire training. They'll, they should yes. be able to close good it's more, I think it's more scalable, right? The mm -hmm. more we empower our network to be successful, the more people that will want to be in the network. So if yeah. you think about it like this, man, if you could sit down and you had to hire 15 or 20 sales reps who are going to you know, and BDRs, so we're going to call over the world and then give training to someone, yeah. right? 
or try to get 50 or 100 business entrepreneurs who want to start their own business to opt in and yep. do all the work themselves, which one's going to scale faster? The one, the one where the, the one where people are opting in. Thank you. So that's what I mean. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So, so what's your, so you have a 10 year, you said you have a, a 10 year goal. Do you have any idea what you need from a trainer for like how many, what you need to do? hundred trainers. A, need a hundred trainers. So we need 10 trainers a year, right? About that, which is which is obviously very reasonable in this yep. in this in this environment. Yeah. Um, why is that the number? Based on the based based on what I believe each of them can do from a minimum, like I based on the minimum revenue. Uh, after the first year, each trainer has to do at least 15 trainings a year, which is nothing. But, but why is your goal your goal? Is my question. Oh, uh, I'm old, man, and and. In 10 years, I'll be 62, going on yep. 63. My yep. youngest daughter, if she achieves her goals, will be traveling all over the world on the U.S. ski team. Um, I, I just – look, I'm a guy who wants freedom. I love what I do now, and I kind of have a lot of freedom. I live on the beach in the summer, and I live here in yeah. Vail and ski and blah, blah, blah. But no, I, 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 want, I want no ambiguity about the rest of my life. It'll be done. I got you. It'll be done. And no ambiguity. Like life is great now and I live great, but you know, uh, there's ambiguity. If if the world was shit the bed, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, you know, I'm going to do better. You, than wanna, you, you, you want to be able to take your foot off the gas if you have to, or if, if you want yep. if I not want even to. you have to, if you want to. Yep. You probably yep. won't based on your personality, but, but, yep. but, but, but you want to be able to have that access. Which yep. makes sense. So how important, and, and I'm getting to my point now, uh, yeah, because it's taken a while. I'm sorry, but how important are is communication and, and keeping track with these trainers in order to make sure that that you're getting what you want out of them? It's gonna be everything. Yeah, come on, it's gonna be everything. Now, how are you gonna do that now? Question. So here's, I'm gonna get, I gotta get more now. My feedback for you now. You're spending a lot of time asking future state questions, which is good. You're spending a lot of time asking what I call current state, um, physical and literal questions. Right? What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? Okay. What you haven't really done is you haven't asked any problem-centric questions. You're not finding the problem I'm having. And yep. you, sh you should know what problems you solve right now that I would want to get rid of right now in order to buy right now. Right now, if you come to the conclusion, there's nothing can you can I, do. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You don't need me right now. Okay. Then we're done. I can talk to you all day. No, you, you, you don't need be, be, be completely honest. Like, I, I'd be happy to sell you payroll. We could we could give you a system that is really going to be able to scale with you as you grow, which is going to be important. But current state right now, exactly what you're doing, you don't you don't need my product. Okay, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this Go question. Ahead. Do you compete with ADP? Yes, we're better. But yes, we don't okay. Like compete, we're better. So so if you're better, why didn't you go there? Why didn't you say, hey man, look, you're using ADP today. Do you have this problem or this issue or this challenge? Yes, no, yes, no. Okay, let me tell you why you're having that challenge or tell me more about that challenge. How much is it bothering? How has it affected you? Right, Good question. Right, so then you get me to start saying how my current situation, everybody listening now, if you hung in this long, okay, you'll know where I'm going with this now. I don't know why it's so hard for everybody. Look, what I like about Frank is he knows how to make people talk and he makes you comfortable and he asks good questions. But he burned 27 minutes that this was a real sales call I would have left him ages ago. Right. But I'm, I was letting them help out. But what everybody struggles at is you guys do not know how to get to the very current state problems you solve. 
I would have almost rather you inverted this, Frank, and you went right to ADP and you went right to the stuff you can solve and then either yeah. got me said, you know what, I, I'll leave ADP for you. And then you could start talking about how you can help me grow into this. But yeah. instead, you, you, you went way off in Never Never Land yeah. by yeah. pulling me all the way back and you missed what could be a great opportunity. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that I have any problems with ADP, but I, I know I'm not married to it. I just, yeah. when I thought of, bought it, done, move on, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. do you guys do HR stuff too? Yeah, that's that's what we are. That's what okay, we are. so HR stuff like when people quit, when when people um, uh, when you hire new people, all that type of stuff. You do that stuff? Yeah, we, we from a, from a technology standpoint, absolutely. We're well, I don't know what that means. Like, do you help? So, from a, from so we are a software company at heart. We provide the guidance and, and, and solutions you need from a software perspective. We're not, I'm not putting someone in, in your facility. No, I'm not asking that. No, but HR support, right? Yeah. So if I, let's just say I have someone quit and um, there's a dispute or, or, or a discussion or an argument over the comp plan or what I owe them from a, from a they want to give their two weeks notice and I don't want to accept it or they want to give it to um, a one month notice or I think they're doing something wrong. Do, do you provide that HR guidance? There's there that guidance is available. Um, yes, so yes, yes, that, that, okay. that guidance is there. Yes, so I don't know why you didn't ask any of those types of questions, right? To find out if I'm getting to the point in my organization where I need HR support. Like, you, 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 no, you, it's a good point. It's a good point. Like, I, I, I'm not sure what the, the aim was. So, here's my final feedback, and I'll give you last word. And everybody yes. listening, pay attention, okay. When you get somebody on the phone and you want to sell them, wait here. Did you do a pick chart? Did, Frank, did I do a pick chart yeah. of, of, of problems? And yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I, I went. I went through that process. Yes. Of, okay. Of, so, of what, what was did, the number one? Was the number one problem you solve for buyers? The no, the number one problem that we solve is lack of engagement of employees. That's the okay. number one problem. Why lack of engagement for employees. All right. So you have communication issues with employees. Um, okay. You're not able to communication get your message out. Okay. Communication issues with employees are root causes. So that's not a business problem. Okay. Because communication is a process. How I communicate. Okay. Okay. What is the business problem of that lack of communication? Basically, lack of production, and that and that and that, and that would be that would be across the board. And that's where I was trying to go with. With uh, with the and you asked me why I was going the direction I was going. I was trying to go that way with your trainers and get an idea of are you communicating with these folks right now or are you not? Okay, but you needed to find the problem first. Yeah, I get you. Right. So you you like I like what you said there. Lack of production. If you had just said, are you are you tracking to your goals? Do you feel comfortable? You can get to the goals at the end of this year and found yeah. that engagement was one of the reasons we wouldn't get there. Then you might have had something. But I would have argued we don't have enough people on yet. The minute you heard I only had four in the cycle and one on, you should have pivoted right away to ADP. You should have pivoted to my payroll. You should have pivoted to whatever and get me on at least, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. All right, last word, baby. It's all yours. Thank you for the time, man. I I, I appreciate it. That's that's my that's my only word, Keenan. It's a, this is a good experience, bud. All right, man. I felt it was more like a podcast than a sale, but that's okay. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, good questions. I, I, told, I told you we were going to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. So what's your biggest takeaway? What are you going to change the next time you get on the phone with a client? The, the one thing I, I do is is I, I'd be more, you know, I it, it sounds silly saying this, but if this was a, it was a, a sales call, like was, I should say it was a sales call. If this wasn't this environment, I probably would have targeted or would have had a little more information on the on the payroll side of things 
and especially if I knew you were on ADP, I want to talk to you about your service. I want to talk to you about how you're getting service. How is that? How is that working for you? I want to talk to you about do you have analytics available at all in your system? I want to talk to you about do you have a 401k? Does it integrate? Why doesn't it integrate? Like you know, these are these are all things that these are all real problems that you have or you probably going to have in the in the near future, which yeah. I didn't touch. No. So that that's that's my fault. I was curious about the origins of your business though. Uh, well, I did the sale, and that's why you're on here is to get the sale. Yeah, I got you, bud. All right, my man. It was a pleasure. Bye, All right, Take thank care, you, man. man. All right, Bye, everybody man. else, listen up. Listen up, listen up, listen up. Okay, everybody listen. Everybody listen. And I hope my boy Frank is still listening too. Okay. When you get on the phone and you are starting a sales call, listen to me carefully. You have you had better know what business problem you're looking for the second you get on the phone. Do not take the circuitous route. This is not a this is not a vacation where you get to get into a freaking RV and just kind of cruise around and see what you see. Okay? This is targeted surgery. You need to understand what problems do my business or service solve that can help the my buyers that my buyers have. And once I know what those are, I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to assess who I'm talking to and I'm going to start asking questions immediately that will help me uncover whether or not that person has those problems, how big those problems are, the impact those problems are having on the organization and the root causes for those impacts. Once I have that, then what I will do is I will start having conversations around the future state. What would they like to see where they want to go, how they measure success. And you should be able to do that in 15 to 45 minutes, depending on the complexity of the organization and how rambling the buyer is. Okay. But you should find or be able to lock into a problem that you're trying to uncover and diagnose within the first 10 minutes. In most situations, I can do that in like five. They name that tune. I can do that in two tunes. Right. So that's my advice to you guys. Um, if you want to sell me and you have a product or service that you think I or get, uh, or a sales guy should have, text me right here and I will get you on our next episode of Gap Sell Keenan. And if you can find a problem or service I have, I will buy. Like, guys, I'm desperate to spend some money with one of you guys. I'm desperate for somebody to do a good job. Somebody, oh, man, I could use that. We need that. Here you go. Call me and let's sell. Let's buy some stuff from you. Sell me some shit, but no one can do it. Two people did it and I almost had to do it for them, but at least they got there. All right, so who's next? Text me. All right, people, you know what I'm going to say. Thank you very much. And until next time, peace. I'm out. All I hear, go get the money. So I go get it. Hate means I do something.